welcome to the Mother's Village podcast. My name is Sarah Waller and thanks so much for joining me again for today's episode. If you're listening to this in real time, so close to when this was released, then you will know that we are hurtling towards the festive season. Well, the festive season is upon us. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're organised, but I'm not. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it seems to have crept up on me really fast. And if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by it, then I am right there with you. There's no decorations up in our house currently. We're a bit like the Grinch here. But um, yeah, if you have any little helpers or Santa's elves that you can send my way, then please do, because it's very, very much needed here in the Waller household. However, today I'm going to be getting a bit personal because I'm going to be sharing a little insight into my birth plan, what actually happened with my birth, and then how I navigated some of the difficult days because my birth plan didn't go to plan and it left me feeling a whole host of emotions once my baby arrived and if you're in the midst of it now or know someone that is then I share this in the hope that it might offer a little bit of hope might offer some reassurance or even a glimpse of light at the end of a tunnel because I remember in the dark days in those days where I was really struggling that I genuinely thought that I would never be happy again and that I would never be able to let go of the emotional pain I suppose of where I was at at the time And that's why I share this now whilst it's still reasonably fresh in my mind because I guarantee in, you know, another five months time if I was asked how my birth was it might seem very different to where I feel, um, you know, about how I can remember it now because obviously as time goes on our memory starts to fade with some things as well. So let's talk about um, having a plan And just before I dive into that topic, I just want to mention that if you are really struggling postnatally, um, then please do seek out professional help where necessary. Um, This isn't medical advice, it's just my experience. But if you are, you know, struggling, I need to seek professional guidance and please speak to your healthcare provider. And I just wanted to mention as well that if you are a first time expectant mum, or thinking about having a baby, then please just remember this is, again, my experience, and it doesn't have to be yours. You know, plans can go to plan. It's just unfortunate that mine didn't, and, you know, I'm kind of sharing that this to, to those who are, I suppose, interested in that or are going through something similar themselves as well. So I share this not because I want sympathy or anything like that at all. It's purely in the hope that it might help someone in need. So let's go back to that birth plan, the good old birth plan. I genuinely thought that if I did everything that I could during pregnancy that to plan for my birth, that it would put me in, kind of make me invincible really when it came to the delivery of my baby. I had quite a, a key, key idea in my head that I wanted a home birth. I didn't want to go to hospital. I wanted as little intervention as possible and for as little people around as possible during my birth as well. I just wanted those that needed to be there, the ones that I loved and trust to be in my presence, and just to kind of be left alone to birth my baby. I did have a birth plan because I was working with an independent midwife who was fantastic, um, who was amazing support. Just in case you don't know what an independent midwife is, 
Um, is someone that works outside of the NHS. I worked, or I suppose, I don't like to use the word hired, but I worked with her privately. So she supported my care um, during my pregnancy, was planning to be at my birth and also support me postnatally as well because I just wanted that support there. I also wanted the reassurance that because I wanted a home birth, it's not guaranteed that you can get or ask midwives to come out from the NHS due to their other commitments. They might be busy. So I really wanted that safety net to know that I do have someone to call out and be there by my side when the time is right. So we had a plan and during our meetings, um, antenatal, I suppose, appointments, we discussed the plan and my midwife went over, you know, potential risks during birth and also potential interventions because she had a duty of care to let me know that. And when she went into all the potential interventions, my brain just switched off. I really didn't really, I didn't really want to have this conversation because firstly, it made me a bit squeamish. It might sound a bit strange, but I um, I don't really like talking about anything medical related. I hate needles. It makes me quite faint. So anything down down those lines, I just didn't want to um, spend time talking about it. And in my head, I'll be quite honest, I thought that wouldn't happen to me, which sounds very naive, but that's kind of where my head was at. As well as having those appointments with my midwife, I went to antenatal classes and we had similar conversations, but obviously in a group format. And as well as that, I was doing lots of different exercises to support my body, swinging those hips, keeping my pelvis moving, trying to help my baby be in the best position possible or to put me in a good place for when my labour started. I was also reading the books I was reading the books. So I had books, learning all the evidence about various interventions. So it's safe to say that maybe I could have been a midwife at this point. <laughs> um, no, I definitely couldn't be a midwife, but I don't I don't have those skills. However, I learned a lot of information in a short space of time. And I actually think it was to my detriment. I probably knew too much. I was too in my head. So by the time my labour arrived you know, my left brain was on fire and it was quite difficult to actually switch off and just let nature do its thing. So I was very prepared um, and I genuinely thought that this preparation would stop me from going into hospital and would allow me to have the home birth that I had kind of dreamed for. So a little insight into my um, labour. It started, I was at home for couple of days I think maybe three days in the end and things were progressing but it was quite slow I ended up in the birth pool which was great and there were times when it it genuinely looked like everything was progressing quite well long story short I ended up transferring to hospital because of circumstances um I was extremely tired it was a decision between all of us and I went to hospital when I got to hospital I was greeted by some lovely midwives and they took great care of me and things continued to progress but it was all quite slow. I remember we got there and it was around seven o'clock in the morning, maybe eight o'clock and I kind of made an indication to Tom like we'll be done by midday. <laughs> so I had five hours, we will be done and I remember when midday passed 
And gosh, it was disheartening because I was still in the same <laughs> same situation. And time just kept going. The hours ticked by and it was really quite challenging from that respect as well. And it got to a period of time where I agreed to have a vaginal examination. Now, up to this point, whilst in hospital, I had declined them because I just didn't want to have intervention. I wanted to keep it as natural as possible. But I opted it at this point because I was almost at my wit's end. But unfortunately, this examination kind of set off a cascade of events. This is my opinion. Um, And it all kind of spiralled from here. Because during the examination, my it caused my waters to break and it caused me extreme distress. I wasn't expecting it. I can still, as I'm saying this now, I'm not, I don't get upset. Before I wasn't able to speak about this because I was actually quite traumatised from the event, I suppose is the word. Um, but now I can speak about it. I can, I can still feel how I felt at the time. And it was extremely distressing for myself and for my poor husband who was watching as well. And it kind of set off a cascade of events where I couldn't control my contractions. More intervention started to happen. I started to be monitored. And because there was concerns over my baby's heart rate, it was recommended that um, I go into theatre for an emergency forceps delivery. So this all happened, I think it was actually over a space of a couple of hours, but it seemed like minutes. And I remember just feeling like an out-of-body experience because everything that I didn't want was happening and I couldn't quite believe it. And obviously there's nothing that I felt completely out of control because I was going with recommendations. Um, The team were fantastic, but I just found it extremely difficult to process. There's a lot going on in a short space of time. So I ended up being in theatre I know this is like, I'm not saying this as if I'm the only one that's ever had this. I am fully aware this is quite a common procedure. Um, so it's happening to women, you know, very often. But I, it was, it came at quite a shock to me. And despite learning about the um, interventions that can happen, it really doesn't prepare you for actually when you're in the room and in that moment. Thankfully, my baby was delivered safely and that's obviously extremely positive and um, I'm very blessed to have a beautiful baby girl now. And following that, I, I stayed in the hospital for a couple of days just to recover. But if you've ever been in the hospital after having a baby, you might be able to remember that you just don't really get much time to rest because there's people coming in in and out of the room all day and night. You've obviously got a baby to look after. Physically, it's quite a challenge. I will talk about from a physical perspective um, at, on a future episode, because that's a whole different topic. But there's a lot going on, and I didn't have time to process what had actually happened. And it only really hit me when we left the hospital a couple of days later. I remember being on the drive home, and I just started crying. And it were it was tears of joy, but it was also realization as to what had happened. It felt like a bad dream. I couldn't quite believe it, and I I just not only had a, I've got a beautiful baby to take care of, but I felt like a broken woman. Um, and I, these feelings kept coming up for the weeks after, 
And this probably kept going on for the next eight weeks. Now, I don't say that if you're in the midst of it now to shock you, because everyone's time frames are different. But for me, it, it lasted quite a while, and that surprised me quite significantly. Now, I'm going to talk about the emotions I experienced, because at the time, I, I was quite surprised at what I was ex- at what I was experiencing because I hadn't been through that before now my first thoughts when I got home and for the initial weeks was that I had failed and I think it really hit me hard because I'll be honest I'd never really failed anything before which might sound like I'm bragging but I promise you I'm not it's more that you know if you take an exam my car test I go for an interview that I'd prepped, you know, prior to those events happening, I'd prepped really, really, really hard and I'd managed to succeed, thankfully, in those situations. So I hadn't really had an experience where I'd really failed, but I genuinely thought that I had failed this. I couldn't quite understand what I'd done wrong, but I was trying to process everything to figure out exactly where it had all gone a bit awry. I thought that my body had failed me as well. I was like, well, clearly, I, you know, I'm a failure because I wasn't able to birth a baby. What did I do wrong? I was basically trying to evaluate everything. And all I wanted to do was turn back time to start again and try and get it right the second time. But I knew that wasn't possible. So when I wasn't blaming myself, I'd then move to blame others. I'd blame um, my husband, blame my midwife. I'd blame the midwives at the hospital basically anyone that was in my circle at the time they were going to get my blame (laughs) not that I would let them know directly but that's how I felt I felt really angry and other days I'd feel extreme sadness I'd feel so low I'd never actually felt so low in my life um, to the point where I actually felt a little bit concerned that I didn't know if I'd ever feel happy again Um, and I actually questioned if I was struggling with depression Now, I know hormones were all over the place in the first few weeks, but this went on beyond a few weeks, and I found that extremely challenging. Um, And my poor midwife, who was extremely supportive in 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 the weeks after my baby was born, she'd often get a text on a Sunday from me with me saying that I'm that I'm really struggling, and it was her texts and support that helped me get through those difficult days as well as support from my husband so yeah having that network that little village around you at at those tough times is extremely beneficial which I'll speak about shortly and the weeks passed and it probably got to about week seven or eight when things started to get easier and I'm going to share some of the, the areas that I focused on and I suppose appointments that I attended that helped that process in the hope that it might help you. So the first key part that helped me get through those emotions is just purely to actually feel the emotions. Quite often in life, we, if we have something difficult to process, it's very easy just to ignore it or bury it because we're so busy, especially if you've got a newborn to take care of, um, you might have other family to that's depending on you all the things going on in your house if we don't get time to process the emotions then everything can seem okay but then 
it can start to creep up on us at later stages and I was really keen that for that not to happen so as I the emotions I discussed previously I I suppose when now I reflect back just allowing those emotions to come through helped me to heal and once I'd gone through those emotions which all I described they are all part of a healing process I then started to accept what had happened because I realised that I can't turn back time I realised that I can blame everyone under the sun I can blame myself I can try and change things or think about what could have been different but at the end of the day nothing I couldn't change it it's happened and just accepting it helped me move forward and once I'd accepted it I then started to ask myself well what can I learn from the experience and is there anything positive that I can pull from it and when I started to ask those questions I realized there was actually quite a lot of positive um quite a lot of positive things that I could draw from it and so many learnings which I'm not going to bore you with now but I wouldn't be sat here now speaking to you if it wasn't for the birth experience now I'm not saying this like I'm an amazing person I'm a hero for getting through it but more that it's opened up my eyes that this is actually happening that it is really difficult and I feel like as women to have these conversations is is really important so there's loads of learnings that I've come from it and I genuinely think that it's changed my life in many areas for the better. The fourth thing I did, so obviously I felt the emotions, I came to some acceptance and then asked what I could learn from it. I decided to write cards. So I wrote cards to the midwives in the hospital that supported me. There were two midwives in particular that were really supportive and one of them who carried out the examination for a lot, uh, quite a period of time, I felt quite a lot of resentment towards her. Not that she would have known, but I just, uh, that was kind of in the blame stage. I felt angry at her. But I realised that she was just doing her job. There's always risks to any intervention. And there were lots of positive things and amazing work that she did to help me, as well as her colleague as well. So I wrote them cards. And for me, that felt like kind of, drawn a line in the sand and it created a sense of peace inside me sharing gratitude can often um you know dim the dim the feelings of anxiety and stress and that certainly was the case for me when it came to healing following the birth the next appointment that i attended attended to formally was actually a consultant midwife appointment at the hospital now this is something that my independent midwife recommended to me and I remember it was offered to me in hospital as well and this gave me an opportunity to sit with the midwife at the hospital and she went through my notes went through everything by time order explained to me why the procedures had happened and you know the, the reasons behind it and allowed me to ask any questions as well so I found that really quite useful to put pieces of the puzzle together because often it's a bit of a whirlwind and also quite healing as well. And then the final thing I did throughout this whole journey was ask for help. I've never been very good at asking for help. I've been quite a solo person in my time where I think I can just kind of get through life on my own. But actually having a baby has opened up my eyes to the fact that we are not designed to be alone. We are designed to live in community 
hence why I've created this podcast. We are meant to have a village around us and I've never realised that so much until I went through this experience. So I asked for help from my midwife, I asked for help from my husband um, and you know some other close friends nearby to kind of get that support and it's been extremely useful as well. So they are the areas I focused on following the birth of my baby because especially if you had a plan in your head, whether, whether that was a hospital birth, a home birth, whatever it was, it can feel like you failed. I certainly felt that as well, but you really haven't. And um, I do hope that by sharing my experience with you, it provides some comfort and reassurance if you are struggling right now. And um, yeah, just gives you an insight, I suppose, into someone else's birth experience because um, it can be a roller coaster. And as I've mentioned, I know I'm not the only one. I know this happens a lot. And for some women, they might go through this and think, you know, think not much of it afterwards. Um, but you know, for me, it hit me quite hard. And I know I can't be the only one that has felt similar things following the birth of their baby. So that's a whistle stop tour into when my plan didn't quite go to plan. Uh, I do really hope that it's of help to you or someone that you care about. Um, And please, if you are struggling, you know, I'm I'm discussing that I felt better after eight weeks um, from an emotional standpoint. I am going to do another podcast because I'm actually still, you know, from a physical standpoint, I'm still healing. And that does impact me emotionally, which I'll talk about later on. Um, But yeah, if you please do seek out professional help. There's loads of therapies and different things that you can get support with um, if you are struggling so please don't do it alone but if you do want to reach out to me feel free you can speak to me on instagram at sarah underscore waller i hope you have an amazing day i look forward to catching up on the next episode and thanks so much for taking the time out to listen to this episode today 